When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it The Money Pit is presented by Green Machine, LL Flooring, the official flooring partner of the Money Pit, and Bank of America. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here to help you get projects done that you'd like to take on around your house. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or not, we want to help you get the advice and the tips and ideas that you need to take on projects that you're doing or ones you need to hire a pro for. Now that we are approaching the end of the year, you might be thinking about projects you want to tackle next year. Or maybe there's a room that you're spending a lot of time in now that it's super cold out and you want to spruce it up. You know, paint's a quick way to do that. Moving furniture around is a quick way to do that. Leslie, you love to talk about shopping your house, right, when it comes to finding pieces that can work in different places, and it can really dramatically change the whole look of the place. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like, I have a closet. I call it my prop closet just because what I do at work, and, you know, I'm always going through their different throw pillows, different tchotchkes, different things, different pieces of art that kind of always cycle through the different spaces. I mean, if you're working on something like this at home, just put everything you got on your dining table just for, you know, the time you're working on it, and you'll find something can go to a nice new spot. Whether you've got a repair to take on or want some help solving a decorating dilemma, give us a call. Let us help. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, or you can post your questions to moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show, winter weather can be especially hard on your plumbing system, especially if your pipes tend to freeze because they can break. We're going to share some simple tips to stop this from happening to you in today's Smart Spending Tip. And now that we've sailed right past Thanksgiving, Christmas is around the corner. So if you're thinking about decking those halls, you might be wondering whether you should go with a fresh or a fake tree this year. So coming up, we're going to talk pros and cons of each, including some tips on how to choose the freshest fresh cut tree available. And if you've got an older house with beautiful but drafty windows, then adding storm windows may be a smart move, especially because today's storm windows have gone high-tech. They now are available with coatings that make them even more efficient. So we'll share details on that update. But first, whether you're doing or you're dreaming, we want to help you make your home everything that you want it to be, including the holiday house of your dreams. So whatever it is, give us a call. We're here to lend a hand, and we're certainly happy to help you tackle your next home improvement adventure. And we've got another great reason for you to reach out because today we're giving away the Green Machine 62-volt brushless chainsaw to one listener. That's worth 289 bucks. So if you want to be in this giveaway, you got to call us with a home improvement question at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Or you can post your question to moneypit.com. We will send the Green Machine chainsaw out to one listener drawn at random. So make that you. Give us a call right now with your DIY question. Dina and I was on the line with a painting question. How can we help you today? I have this brown paneling, 
and it goes all the way from the floor to the ceiling in every room. And I wondered if I can paint over this or wallpaper or what is your suggestion? Wow. That's a, what's that, uh, 1970s? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of remember that growing up. We had those, that era in my house and, uh, you know, it's always better to remove it, but you can paint it. What you want to do, Dina, is you want to prime it. So the first thing you would do is you would clean it. You would lightly sand it. And because there's so much of it, um, I would when I go to the paint store, I would get a um, a sand a sanding extension. It's on a on a pole. It's like a pole with a in, in with an indexing head at the bottom at the end of it, I should say. And you can run this pole over the surface and sand it, and rough it up a little bit. And then you're going to want to prime it. And I would use a good quality oil-based primer. It'll go on nice and thick. It'll give you a good solid surface on which to add the wall paint. And then you can use latex wall paint on top of that. And I think it'll come out nice. Uh, and, uh, and, and it'll go on easy if you do those steps in that order. Because once you prime it, you get a very nice even surface. It fills in uh, any of the imperfections in the surface. And it will make sure that that top coat can be accepted properly. What about those grooves? You're always going to have those grooves. You can't do anything about it unless you want to take the paneling down, which, by the way, could be an option because sometimes when they put the paneling up, they just nailed it with these types of uh, small, very thin ring nails. You could ex- you could experiment with the possibility of taking the paneling off the walls, and you may find that underneath it is drywall. Now, generally, you have to do a lot of spackling, sometimes retaping and that kind of thing, but it is possible that underneath that paneling are some decent, uh, typical drywalled covered walls. Sounds like a, a Saturday job. Yeah, well, at least if you've got that much paneling, it might be a, a couple of Saturdays jobs, a lot of Saturdays. Yeah. All right, Dina, good luck with that project. Thank you so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Luke, North Carolina's on the line with some floors that are buckling. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Underneath my home is a crawl space, and I have HVAC in my house. It's built in 1986, and it's the, the wood floors that we had put in are almost, are starting to like buckle in like one place, like nice big plank wood floors. And I believe it's due to the humidity possibly in the crawl space or the, the way that the, I'm not really sure, but I'm kind of wondering how that can be fixed. Well, look, buckling wood floors could definitely be caused by very humid uh, air in that crawl space. So let's start there. I'm going to kind of run you through the basics of what you need to do to try to dry that out. First of all, you want to make sure that you have a vapor barrier. You want plastic sheeting across the entire floor of that crawl space. You secondly want to make sure that there are crawl space vents that are opened up and those exterior walls. And thirdly, you want to take steps to reduce the amount of moisture that uh, has a chance to get into that crawl space. And the way you do that is by making sure that your gutters are clean and free-flowing and extended at least six feet away from the house so you're moving all that water well away from the crawl space. Then also making sure that the soil slopes away from the house so it's not sort of recessed or holding water against it. That's what will dry out a crawl space. Now, you could also add a whole house dehumidifier down there. There are some good models that Santa Fe makes that will be suspended from the crawl space ceiling and run on a humidistat to, again, pull that moisture out. But that would be the way that you would try to reduce moisture in that crawl space. I would be curious, though, 
you really should see some other signs of, of moisture if it's really that bad to be affecting the floors upstairs. You might see some, some mold. You might see some algae growth. You may even have some rotted beams. So I would inspect it first, uh, and then if you need to dry it out, those are the steps I would follow. Good luck with that project. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Well, I love the fall season as I watch all of those beautiful leaves flow gently from the trees around my house and land on my grass, which I promptly (laughs) clean up, but... When they're off the branches, sometimes they reveal big, heavy branches that are weak, branches that, with a little bit of winter ice on them, might come crashing down onto my home, onto our vehicles. So this means it's a really good time to sort of assess those weak ones and actually trim them back. And you can do that 
with a fantastic tool we're giving away today from our friends at Green Machine. Yeah, we've got it for grabs. The Green Machine 62-volt brushless chainsaw with 16-inch Oregon bar and chain. It's got an easy trigger start, no pull cord. It is battery-operated, so it's zero gas, no harmful fumes. And the battery is super powerful, 62-volt lithium battery. It's going to run for ages and ages. I mean, you'll probably stop wanting to work before the tool actually runs out of juice. So it's a great tool to get a lot of stuff done around the house. You can check it out. It's available exclusively at the Home Depot for 289 bucks. That green machine brushless chainsaw is going out to one listener drawn at random. Make that you. Post your questions to moneypit.com or call us at 1-888-666-3974. Christy in Delaware is on the line. How can I help you today? I have a back porch that is on a concrete slab. And I recently installed um, a storm door. It's a 36-inch door. And, you know, the the bottom of the door has the built-in weather stripping. But, um, you know, it was installed and everything's fine. But there's pieces of that concrete slab right where the door is that, over time, has chipped away. And more specifically, in each of the corners. And I'm wondering, what can I do to build it up, fill it in, without having to, like, you know, buy a whole bag of sacrete? So you're going to want to use a patching compound on that. And, and you're right, it's not typical. Uh, it's not a typical bag concrete mix. It's, a, it's, a, it's made by the same manufacturers. Take a look at QuickCrete, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. They have a patching compound. And basically the difference is that the patching compounds are designed to stick to the original concrete surface. So if you have some chips... Uh, or broken out sections there, you can repair it with the patching compound, and this way it'll stay you know through the weather. And in terms of that door uh, that's not striking properly, what you could do is put a sweep on the outside of that door. They have door sweeps that attach to the outside, and they're adjustable. Uh, so that you can have one side be lower than the other. And some of them are rubber where you can actually scroll it, um, take a, a marker and like trace the uneven concrete surface to the bottom of the door suite and basically cut it to fit. Yeah, because the, the problem that I'm having is, you know, little critters get in, you know, slugs, crickets, that kind of thing. And it's really not, a, it's just the corners. I would do both. I would patch the concrete. And if the door sweep is still not in constant contact, I would replace it and then adjust it to fit. Okay, great. Good luck with that project, Christy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, winter weather can be especially hard on your home's plumbing system, especially if your pipes are prone to freezing because those pipes can expand and break, and that can result in some pretty significant water damage around your house. Yeah, but fortunately, you know, there are some simple steps that you can be taking to protect your home's plumbing this winter season. First of all, you want to think about insulating those pipes. You know, insulation, it's like snuggling up in a cozy blanket, except this one keeps the pipes warm and not you. Well, the pipes are going to keep you warm. So you got to all work together here, folks. And it's really one of the best measures that you can take to prevent freezing. You want to use a high-quality fiberglass insulative wrap or even pipe heat tape. Those are some great options to do the project. You also want to make sure you're keeping the heat on its sort of normal settings when you go away. Even though you're heading to a warm location, you might think, well, I don't need to heat the house that much while I'm away. I think you do, because if you turn that heat down too much and you do get a deep freeze, the pipes are much more likely to freeze and burst and cause major flooding in your home. The other way, though, to avoid all of that is to turn off the main water line before you go away. So if you're going away for more than a day, I would say, 
make sure you know where that main water valve is and turn it off. It should be an easy thing to do. And then when you come back, you can turn it back on again. This way, if the pipes do freeze and break, which can still happen even if the water is turned off, you'll discover it quickly when you turn that water back on and avoid a whole bunch of damage. Just imagine if you were away, you got a freeze and a break, and it just started to leak and flood. I mean, I remember years ago, this happened to a house uh, that I was home inspecting, uh, and I came back after the when they were getting ready to close, and I was the one that discovered literally about four feet of water in the basement because of a freeze break. So needless to say, that transaction did not go through on time, at least. Uh, but the simple thing is to just turn off the main if it's going to be vacant for any period of time. I mean, my goodness. And such damage can happen so quickly, and it usually can be very significant. Now, another thing that you can do, guys, is opening your sink cabinet doors. By just simply opening the cabinets where those pipes are, it can allow that warmer air to get into the cabinet. You can also keep the ambient temperature from getting low enough to freeze those pipes. So especially if you've got any pipes on an exterior wall, try to keep those cabinet doors open a bit. And finally, let the faucets drip. Turn on the faucets to allow a slow drip during freezing temperatures. Keeping that water moving makes it a lot less likely to freeze and break. And that's today's smart spending tip presented by the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. All right, next up, we've got Rudy in Tennessee joining us here at the Money Pit who had a leaky roof. And now you're trying to fix up all the remaining issues. Tell us what happened. So we had a big rainstorm and just got a call and from my wife and I came in and looked at it and I had a bunch of water running down the seam of my drywall into the onto the landing inside my house. Um, then I called a handyman. He came, took down the drywall, and we noticed that it was kind of leaky. The roof was leaking, and then it came in on the drywall. I had a roofer come out, licensed. He came, he repaired the roof, and also put, like, some water guards to kind of channel the water away. And then the handy guy put up the drywall and taped it, painted it over. And so then probably about a month later, all that drywall, the new drywall kind of buckled, kind of came out. And there's no more water. I, it's rained here multiple times since then. I haven't seen any more water come in, but I didn't know if it was moisture still in the wall or if it was just faulty drywall that the person put up. Well, it's not. It's no such thing as bad drywall. There are bad drywall contractors, but no such thing as bad drywall. And when you say buckle, is it swollen or is it sort of popped off the wall? It's popped off the wall like you can push a little bit on it and you can see the exact place where the the patch drywall was like you can look at the scene and it's kind of uneven okay so if it, it, it sort of popped off the wall then i suspect that it just wasn't adhered properly and it might just need to be resecured. You might need a few extra drywall screws or nails in that. If it's swollen and starting to look like it's wet or damp or stained or moldy, then, of course, the roof leak could be continuing. But if it's just loose and came off the wall, then it might, in fact, be that it wasn't attached very well, and normal expansion and contraction of that area has forced it to sort of release. So I would go back to the contractor and ask if uh, he can resecure it and retape it, respackle it. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Enjoy listening to your show. Well, thanks so much for calling, Rudy. We appreciate it. Marilyn in South Dakota is on the line with a cabinet question. How can we help you today? A galley kitchen is very small. We just live in a small ranch, but I, uh, we put in quarter-sawn uh, custom-built cabinets with the crown molding to the ceiling, the French cabinets up to the ceiling, and um, or European style. 
And so we're going to be putting the house on the market. And my husband and I are having a little debate because I want to take them out and bring them with. They're quarter sawn solid oak. And, you know, we put them in years ago where if we had to repeat this again now, it would be like three times the cost. Um, and so I want to take them out. And I'm designing a new home. So, you know, I have the, the galley design sort of drawn in. And so we could put them basically in the same configuration with just a little bit more room on both ends for other living space. So I just wanted to get in your opinion on that. Sure. I mean, why not? You can basically disassemble it the same way that you assembled it. You mentioned that you have crown molding on the cabinets all the way up to the ceiling. That'd be the place to start. Uh, and I would take the doors off and take the molding apart, take the doors off next because you don't want to have to work on those cabinets with the doors on them. So I would take the doors off at the hinges, carefully pack them and store them and label them so you know which cabinet they go to. And then just start taking the boxes apart. Start with the wall cabinets and work your way down uh, to the base cabinets. And, you know, the difficulty of the project is going to be you know, totally based on how they put it together the first time. But hopefully you can get everything uh, apart pretty quickly with just some, uh, you know, very gentle prying off of the molding and with uh, removing of those cabinets the same way they were assembled. They were probably screwed into the wall. You should be good to go. I would be be uh, careful that the wall cabinets are usually also screwed together, and so you may have to pull out more fasteners than you expect, but I certainly don't see any reason you can't disassemble them, especially given the fact that they're good quality cabinets and that you feel like there's a place for them in the new home. I've been wanting to kind of call about this, but we weren't sure until we uh, found out for sure we are going to be moving. All right. Well, it sounds like we've got a plan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, John, in New York, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Last week, I heard something about a guy talking about drainage issues in the basement, and you start talking about certain things to make sure with the gutters and uh, the, the footer drains and making sure the soil slopes away from your house. Yep. My situation's a little weird. I have a salt box style house, 17... 50 square feet, a very steep hill my house is built into. So basically, three sides of the base, two sides of the basement are partially in the soil. One side butts up to the garage at the ground level on one side of the house. And one wall of the basement's below the ground completely. Mm -hmm. I have very good drainage on a hill, like I said. However, when it rains heavily, um, I do get that seep around the foundation. And my thought was, how do you slope soil away in a situation where there's an overwhelming grade 
from the property coming right up against the house. Yeah, that's a good point. So in your situation, the grade is is not as important um, as what you can do to intercept that runoff through your property. So two things. First of all, the, the advice that we gave you about gutters, that's really critical even in your situation. The gutters have got to be clean, free-flowing, and those downspouts have got to be discharging away from the house. In your case, you're going to probably want to go from the uphill side to the downhill side. You might want to run them underground through solid PVC pipe and have them break out the daylight somewhere on the downhill side. So you're really managing that roof water. In terms of the runoff, the way you handle that was with something called a curtain drain. Basically, it's a trough drain, and it gets laid into the soil, and as the water runs down the hill, it falls into this drain, uh, and then it gets intercepted and sort of run around the house. Now, instead of going through all the work to construct a French drain where you have to dig trenches and use perforated pipe and stone and filter cloth. There's another type of a prefabricated French drain pipe that you can pick up at Home Depot, and it's made by NDS. It's an easy drain pipe, and you'll recognize it when you see it because it's a plastic drainage pipe that's surrounded with, it looks kind of like a packing peanut, and then there's a filter cloth around that. So they're one piece, they're modular, and you basically stack these up side by side and then put the soil back on top of them. It's a very fast, easy way to put that French drain in without going through all of the work that you would have to if you were building it kind of from scratch. So in your case, you have to put this drain in to intercept the runoff of the water, run it around the house, again, out to daylight, and then I think that your water problems will go away. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, now that we've sailed right past Thanksgiving, Christmas is around the corner, and that means many of you guys are spending these weekends shopping for the holiday tree. Or maybe this is the year that you decide to skip the trip to the tree farm or the roadside stand and pick up an artificial tree. There's a lot of good reasons out there for you to go either way, so we're going to give you a hand. Now, first, let's talk about live trees. They smell fresh, plus the whole routine of just picking that tree out is a favorite family tradition that never gets old. But getting a tree from the nearby farm or stand also helps support your local economy, especially since many local organizations use that as a fundraiser as well. The downsides are, of course, dealing with the fact that all the needles are going to fall out, and even though you cleaned it up after the holidays, you'll continue to find them through, like, April, for sure. (laughs) But you also have to water it, so you need to do that because you don't want to let it dry out because that increases your risk of fire. It's funny. I feel like this time of year is the only time that I order more vacuum bags because I don't vacuum nearly as much as I do (laughs) as when the tree is around. And I'm always like, oh, got to get some more of these. And then that lasts me for ages and ages. And then the tree comes back around. And, you know, when you turn it on for the first time, like after Christmas and like you're like, oh, pine needles. (laughs) It's all up in there. (laughs) Now, a good thing, guys, about getting a fake tree is that you can use them year after year. And I've got to tell you, I've never been pro fake tree, but the ones I have been seeing recently, especially the past few years, truly look just like the real thing. And they can come with amazing light systems that have thousands of lights. They're so much easier to maintain. You don't have to worry about allergies to sap, vacuuming, watering, all of those things. But you got to make sure that you do spend a little bit of money to get the tree that really looks fantastic because there are some great options out there at a variety of price points. You know, we got a good one. Um, see, this will be the second, no, the third year with it because we had one year where it was really, really hard to find a tree. And we ended up going through tree farm after tree farm and finally, like, found the perfect Charlie Brown Christmas tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? And sort of settled for that. So we got one that is a fake tree. And I think I got it on Amazon. It was maybe between three. You didn't even look at it in person. No, but I, but I, I read reviews and I saw what the history of the product had been. 
and it looked pretty good, especially because it had built-in lighting, and I wanted to make sure it wasn't going to, like, you know, just die after the first year. But I read reviews from people that had these for years. They were really happy with them, and we're happy with them, too, because it really looks good, and it's kind of fun that you can just change the lights up. You know, if you want them to be a white tree or a multicolor tree or you want them to sparkle or glow, you can do all that now with the LED light systems. Yeah, you're just giving me excuses to keep my tree up for the entire year. That's what would happen. There you go. Because you don't want to have a dated tree, Leslie. No, I want to have a birthday tree and a Valentine's <laughs> tree and an Easter tree. I want the tree all the time. I think that's partially why I get the real tree, because then it makes me take it down. I could have had it up for like Halloween. It would have been like a you know Halloween tree. Yeah. <laughs> Black and orange ornaments, fun purple and orange lighting. Come on, Tom. What are you doing? Well, you know, if you're going to buy a fresh tree and you have a good supply locally, one way to tell if the needles are fresh is to break them. If they break... Uh, quickly, then it's dried out. But if they bend, then you're probably okay. So a little trick of the trade to make sure you're actually getting a, a fresh tree. I've also found out that a lot of the tree farms, so to speak, even those that grow trees, they also bring in trees. And they, they stack them up there as if they came off the farm when they really didn't. They came from somewhere else in the country. So I feel a little disappointed when I see that. <laughs> Can't trust anybody, Tom. Well, if you've held off buying battery-powered tools just because you didn't think they would work as well as gas... Our giveaway today is a good example of how far this technology has come. Yeah, we've got up for grabs this hour a fantastic chainsaw, but I'm talking about a green machine, 62-volt brushless chainsaw with 16-inch Oregon bar and chain. It's got an easy trigger start, which I think is the best part of the entire thing because I always struggled with pull cords, but not here. It's got zero gas, so you don't have to worry about any harmful fumes and a really powerful 62-volt lithium battery. So you're going to get a lot of runtime out of this baby. It's available exclusively at the Home Depot for two. $189, but we've got one going out to a lucky listener this hour. Yeah, you know, it's pretty amazing. This saw actually serves up 45 minutes of run time. So the way I look at this, we are more likely to run out of juice. Like, I'm more likely to get tired and run out of juice before that saw does. (laughs) Because that's a lot of cutting time. I'm not talking about, like, you know, 45 minutes for the whole project. I mean, 45 minutes of actually sawing through lumber. You could have this thing out there for three, three hours and not use up that battery. So if you want to be a believer and you want to win yourself a green machine, brushless, cordless chainsaw, give us a call right now with your home improvement questions at one money pit or post them to moneypit.com. All right, now we've got Anna on the line who needs some help with some door improvement. Tell us what you're working on. Hi. Yes, I have uh, one metal door and three fiberglass door. That I, got, I got a guy to paint it. And not knowing, when I got home, he actually painted with a spray can paint. So when the, when the heat hits the door, I can't open the door because it's <laughs> oh boy. to the, the door jam. What a mess. What a How mess. do I repair that? Well, you know, even though he painted it with spray paint, it should still work. I mean, it should dry. The fact that it's spray paint is not making it uh, any more or less tacky than perhaps if you use paint out of a gallon. Um, but the fact that it's sticking might mean that the door needs a bit of adjustment inside the opening. Are all the doors sticking? All the doors sticking, right on the rubber of the door jam. It's like, I think that it's a shushu can paint. Not, I'm like, you sprayed what to the door? What kind of paint did he use? He, I call it the shushu, regular can paint. Like he went to the hardware, a, a hardware store, got a, a spray can paint and sprayed it. 
Well, look, what you should do now, if you've had uh, a bad paint job, is you really have to pull that old paint off. So I would take the doors off of the hinges, lay them down horizontally, use a paint remover to pull off the paint that's there. Once you get it back down to where it was where you started, then I would prime the doors first. And I would use an oil-based primer, because that's going to give you good adhesion to both the metal and the fiberglass doors. And then I would put a good top-quality uh, finish coat on that using a semi-gloss paint. Then let them dry really well, and then reinstall them. So, I, is it possible then to uh, this is on metal and fiberglass to get a paint remover for this thing? Yes, there's paint removers. The citrus base removers are the most effective. So, use the citrus base paint removers. Pull off the old paint, prime the doors, and then repaint them. And you should be good to go. Okay, Anna. Thank you so very much again. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, if you have beautiful, old, but super drafty windows, you know, installing storm windows could be one of the most cost-effective solutions for plugging those energy leaks. They're really easy to install, they cost a fraction of actually replacing a window, and in fact, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, storm windows with low emissivity, low e-coatings, can actually lower that utility bill just as much as if you have replaced that entire window. Yeah, and that's because low E windows reflect infrared heat back into the home. And that improves the windows, essentially the windows insulation ability. And it lowers your heating and your cooling costs. On average, low E storm windows can save you between 12 and 33% in heating and cooling costs. You're going to get year-round savings. Plus, it's possible to install these yourself. But the most important step in the process is measuring. You want to get that right. And if you do, this is a great investment for your home. Brian in Washington, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Last summer, I repainted the exterior of my house, and I used quite a few nails to kind of shore up some different things. I also fixed a window, and uh, after I repainted, I used galvanized nails, but this year I already have a lot of bleeding of rust from the nails coming through. So I uh, I also did some caulking between the the pieces of wood, and that seems to be peeling out already. So I was just wondering if there was something that I could, you know, go over the heads of the nails with, something quick, something that I didn't have to redo the whole side of the house. When you did the side of the house last summer, did you prime it, or did you just put the paint over the old paint? Um, lots of primer. Lots of primer? Yeah. What kind of primer? Like, a, was it a latex primer or oil primer? What was it? Uh, gosh, I don't know that. I didn't buy the paint, but uh, we put it. But you did prime. You primed over those nail heads? Yes, we did. Yes. And it's coming through. Because generally, well, you say you use galvanized, so that's good. Was this cedar um, siding? No. It's just um, conventional standard. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it seems like the, the nails, the galvanized coating on the nails didn't really stand up very well. But generally, the advice is this. When you finish nailing off that, you need to spot prime those nail heads. But if you're telling me you already spot primed them and the the stain's coming right through, then um, I'm not really sure that we have any other suggestions for you. There are differences in the quality of primers. Um, I would always recommend an oil-based primer over a latex primer when it has a stain issue to deal with because it tends to seal it in better. So that's the only additional thing you might want to try is to sand those down to the heads and then touch them up with an oil-based primer and paint them again. All right. I guess that answers my question. All right, Brian. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Roy recently wrote in saying, I bought a ranch-styled home built in the 60s, and I'd like to insulate the exterior walls. Is blown-in insulation a good option? 
Well, it is, but first things first, you want to make sure that you're insulating the areas of your home that are subject to the most heat loss before you even think about the walls. So if you don't already have between, I'd say, 18 and 22 inches of insulation in the ceilings of your home, the ceiling between the house and the attic, that's where you start. So you beef up the ceiling insulation first, then you do the floor insulation. If you have exposed floors, like if your floor is over a crawl space or a basement, put in floor insulation there, and then you can use cellulose blown-in insulation for the walls. But do it in the right priority. You could make those walls nice and tight, but if you're losing a lot of heat overhead, it's not going to make any difference whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about the roof of the house is like a hat. So anything you do in the attic is just putting on a better hat. Well, the holiday season is here, and it is time to deck the halls. But whether you plan to go all out with a light display that can be seen from Mars or not, starting your holiday decor at the front door is a great first step. Leslie's got some simple ideas for a memorable and festive entryway in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, take it away. Yeah, you know what? Any day now, or perhaps everybody around you has already done this, but you're going to notice that houses are becoming decked out with lights, garland, inflatable decorations. But there are actually plenty of other ways to make a splash in small but effective ways, starting with your front door. Now, you can never go wrong with an evergreen Christmas wreath or a swag. They're definitely holiday classics. They look great as is, but they also leave you some room to put on a personal or a playful holiday touch. You can use sleigh bells. You can pick out a theme for this year. Is it reindeer? Is it pink ornaments, whatever it is that you're feeling is kind of the trend, silver sparkly snowflakes, whatever you like, you can use that to decorate the swags, the garlands, the wreaths. And it kind of keeps the cost down because I feel like every time you pick up a wreath that has a couple of decorative balls thrown on it, it's like three times as much as the plain wreath. So definitely go ahead, scour the sale aisles at the crafting store, and you can find some really cool things to decorate your custom garlands for the house or any ornament that doesn't make its way to the tree, as long as it's not an heirloom, why not use that? Now, definitely think about it. There's no rules. It doesn't have to seem, you know, exactly traditional holiday. If you love the ocean or you live somewhere by the sea, you can use shells, make an ornament of shells. If you're loving of nature and animals, you can use a set of antlers and hang a ribbon off of that or put an evergreen bow off of that as well. All of that can definitely give that holiday feel and that sort of whimsical touch that still reads holiday without being what you traditionally think of as holiday decor. Whatever your approach, guys, don't go ahead and just throw a nail right at smack into that front door because it's going to be not the best thing, especially if you don't get it in the right spot to begin with. So look at door hangers or Maybe hang that wreath from the knocker if you've got one. You can also place a hook at the top of the door and then extend a clear fishing line and the wreath from it. Now, once you go inside the foyer, the entryway, these are really great canvases as well to showcase your holiday fun. Again, you can stay classic with garland and lights. You can be seasonal with pine cones or snowflakes or pick a theme. Beachy, woodland, nutcracker, whatever it is, that can be your holiday decor for this year. So go with it. Have some fun. Great ideas. We'd love to see all those decked out doors. So post photos of your finished project at Facebook.com slash The Money Pit. Coming up next time on the program, bathtubs can last a lifetime, but their finishes, not so much. 
If your bathtub finishes warm, you don't have to get rid of the entire tub. We're going to share much less expensive solutions for quick spruce-ups on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 